What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Tabletop for Two podcast. I'm Brad Van Vutt. I'm Emily Van Vutt. So we are back. Know your ears are not deceiving you. We have new intro music now. And we'll have new I outro don't know music what was wrong the with show. the old intro music, but okay. I didn't okay. like it. I, I feel like this one's better, more indicative of us. So okay. decided to make a switch. Whatever you say, baby. Yep. So uh, before we get started, we're actually going to uh, do a full review of Trajan later in the show from Stefan Feld. One of our uh, one that we played quite a bit. Um, but before we get started with that, let's go and talk about where you can find us. Um, you can check out the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We're at Tabletop for Two for all of those. <clears throat> and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play Music, or any other podcatcher of your choice, really. Um, so why don't I'm going to kick it around, Emily? Why don't you talk about Archaeology, the new expedition? Ooh, this is one we just got. It's a little small box game. Um, it's in the same line as like Parade and yeah, the uh, Arboretum, stuff like that. And it's a set collection game. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, what was it? There's Thief cards and there's Sandstorm cards. Um, they're scattered throughout the deck. Um, how many do we draw out at first? I don't even well, remember. Well, it's, it's dependent on the number. So, like, the in the game, you're collecting different treasures from there's an There's, like, a broken thing. cup, and you have to collect... Um, well, like all, there's each, all sorts of different treasures. Well, and each each treasure has a certain amount in the game itself. Mm-hmm. But the the more rare the treasure, the more points you get for it. Yeah, and depending on how many you collect. Yeah, and you're trying to collect sets of these. Um, and based depending on each treasure card has a different value based on how many cards you have in the set. And when yeah. you have a set, you can turn it in. Because they offhand, I know museum. the broken cup. Two of them is worth twelve points, right? Whereas only one, if you only have one like of them, two. it's only two. So, yeah. and there's and and the sets are wildly different. Like they have the, um, what is it, the pot or whatever it is. The, they have pottery shards and like pieces of parchment, which right. are like the you know one card. Right, and there's a ton of <laughs> and there's a ton of them. And like the pottery shards, for example, I know like if you have one, it's worth one. If you have two, it's worth two, and so on until you get to five when it's worth like fifteen. 15. Yeah. <laughs> so and there's a. Like Emily mentioned, there's a thief. There's thief cards that are in this deck, and sandstorm, and sandstorm cards, if and you, that, well, that's where the push your luck element comes into play, right? Because if you and you can, because you can each turn, you can choose. You draw a card, and you can choose to make a set, or you can trade it for cards that are out in the middle, mm-hmm. um, and you can get however many cards based on the value of said card. Now, if you draw a thief card, you get to steal a card from your opponent at random. Mm-hmm. And the sandstorm card comes out. If you have a whole handful of cards, you lose half of your cards. Everybody does. Yes. Yeah, everybody at the table. So that's that's where the push your luck aspect comes into play. Because, yeah, you want to save that set of pharaoh masks till you get four and, now, and can build it up. But if you if a sandstorm hits you, you might have to lose half of them. Now, there also are... Um, like Some cards in there. There's these map cards in there, and each game you pick from. I don't remember how many there are in there, the game. There's six monuments total. But yes, the monuments. There are three stacks of cards usually, mm-hmm. um, and they have various different items. And you trade in your map cards if you get three map cards or two map cards, depending on well, the was, card. I think right there. So the monuments all behave differently. Basically, before the game starts, there's a there's like a stash of cards in these monuments. So like the first one that you play with, which I think is the pyramid, it has a stash of eight cards, a stash of five and a stash of three cards. 
And if you have three maps, you can turn them in to get the eight-card stack. If you have two maps, you can turn them in to get the five-card stack. You don't know right. what you're getting. And then we played in another game. With, Everything uh, costs two maps. Right. It was the same stack of five cards, or there's three stacks of five cards. It was but two maps each. Every time you made a, every time you laid down a set, you could look at one of those sets to right, see what so was in it. Right, so you could preview to see what was right. in there. Um, so, yeah, archaeology is pretty pretty nifty little game. Um it's I I like the fact I that they have the different. I dug it so much that I requested oh. it within a week. Did you mean to make that pun? No, not no. really. That, <laughs> that that happened by mistake, honey. I did not do that on purpose this time. I it's not, a, it sounds like something that you would do. So I know, but I didn't yeah. do it on purpose this mm-hmm. time. It just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm glad. So it, it takes a game that. Um, like like the two things that makes the game work is the is the sandstorm cards and the different monuments because otherwise if you're just doing basic set collection to get pretty boring pretty fast right. the sandstorm forces you to maybe turn in sets sooner than you might like to while you're waiting for <clears throat> oh, for those and cards to appear. This game is such a troll, such a troll. <clears throat> Every time I would lay down like okay I'm not going to get one more to finish out this set completely mm-hmm. and I'd lay them down and then the next card I drew would be that card I'm like. Yeah, and 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 like I love the monuments too because the monuments give you a different, just variety for the setup for the game and, oh, yeah. and how that works out. Um, yeah, I like this one a lot. So far, all of the Z-Man, like those small box card games that they that line that they put out, have all been Winners hits with us so us, far. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, this one's great. Highly recommend Archaeology. Now, this is the new expedition. There's an older version out there that I think that this one uh, made some improvements on. I'm not exactly sure of the difference, um, but this is the one that's a little bit more readily in print right now. So I, yeah, we definitely recommend this one. Check it out. Um, it's a great filler game, um, and it plays two to four. It works well at two because there's that. Uh, it's it's kind of got that Lost Cities vibe where sometimes your opponent will put uh-huh. out a card that you're trying to snatch, and you have to pay attention to what the other player's doing, yep. especially to make sure that they don't uh, get one over on you. See, Archaeology New Expedition, thumbs up from us. Yep. Uh, next up was one that uh, I've had my eye on for a little while. I've heard good things. Uh, this is Grand Austria Hotel. Uh, this is made from, if I'm not mistaken, one of the designers. Is the same of a part of the team that did Zulkin and Honey, Marco Polo? You have a computer in front of you. You I'm can just look it up. up right now. <laughs> um, yeah, Great Australia Tell. This is a action selection game uh, with dice, where you're each running a competing hotel, um, and you're trying to attract visitors to your hotel, trying to serve them in your cafe, and then book them a room for the night. But while this is going on, you're also trying to curry favor with the emperor of Austria so so that he doesn't uh, screw you over at the end of the round. So the the way the game works, the action selection, you have these a number of dice that you roll, um, and that's going to vary based on the number of players. And obviously when you roll them, they're standard six-sided dice. They get slotted into different six different action slots. And when you choose an action, um, based on the number of dice that are in that slot will determine how good the action is on your turn. So if I'm trying to get coffee and cake for my cafe i want there to be a lot of that dice in that pool so that when i do it i can get a bunch of it and then you remove one of the dice and that's your turn for the round and then in between then you can also serve your guests and you can book rooms in your hotel um and and there's it's it's a point it's a victory point collection sort of game um where things come into line as well as you get bonuses for for booking blocks of rooms 
in your hotel. There's di- each room is a different color, and if you form if you if you completely book a like a block of one color, then you get a bonus of some kind. It's going to vary based on the color. Also, when you uh, when you serve a guest at your at your cafe, um, they give you a bonus as well when you when you do that. Depend and and it could be a variety of different things. It could be extra food that you could get in. It could be the ability to set up hotel rooms. You could just get straight victory points. Money, money is super tight in this game. Oh my god, money is ridiculously right. tight there's, in this game. <clears throat> there's no easy way to earn it. And then the game lasts seven rounds. At the end of the third, fifth, and seventh round, um, there's an emperor track that you can advance on during the round. The emperor is a douche. He is a douche because he's a major douche. If you're a certain distance up on the track, then you get a reward that you know of beforehand. But if you were, if you did so poorly that you got knocked all the way back to the beginning of the track, then you get penalized, and it is really difficult. Unless you focus on it, it is really difficult to... To get up on that track. Yeah, just to stay up in that area. Because the further you go in the game, the further you're forced to move back before you're evaluated on what you do with the track. So the game played um, nice and quick at two players. I I cannot cannot imagine playing this with more. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, because the way it works is the there's just too there would be too much downtime. The turn order is is like a snake draft almost, where the first play. So if you're in a if you're in a two player game, whoever has the first turn takes the first and the fourth turn, and the other player takes the second and third. That's no problem. But if you're in a four player game, then the first you player takes the first, the first and, and the eighth, eighth right? And Good I can't. Lord. Yeah, I can't imagine that whatsoever. Um, there's some nice mitigation here. If you if you choose to pass on one of your actions when it comes back around to you, you actually get to take all the dice and re-roll them. Well, you have them. to take one right, dice away. Right, you lose one, and then you re-roll all the dice that are there, and uh, and that gives you might give you some different actions that are available. That worked out for me a couple times. Yeah, I, I think we enjoyed this game, but mm-hmm. it is it is a brutal game the first time you play if you don't oh, yeah. really know what you're doing. Like like M scored really poorly just because like it's it's hard to like when you first start playing you don't realize how important money is in that game and there's and like i said earlier there's no easy way to get and look this is this is frugal freddy over here Mm. you know that's what he calls me because my dad's fred and that's what he is he's very frugal with his money he always teases me in games when i'm very frugal with my money Mm. and i tried to be frugal in this game and you just can't yeah and and you're really like (laughs) It's it's tough. It's real because if the dice just don't happen to land in that oh action spot, God. then you're 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 gonna be you're gonna be up get the creek. Dice to land for me for nothing. But that being said, um, I enjoy the gameplay enough. Like I'm intrigued enough to want to continue. You know, going oh, yeah. through this yeah, one yeah. for sure. And there's lots of variety because there's tons of different. Um, and it of reminded the me. It reminded me of um, what did I tell you? Remind me, Rococo, because you're mm-hmm. going, you have to, you know, go into the different rooms and kind of build up in mm-hmm. your, you know, yeah. Your there's little... there's a spatial element to yeah. it for sure with with the way that your rooms are booked. It's kind of like Tetris when you have to fill the blocks. Mm. And uh, and I didn't even mention like you also have these staff cards that offer a variety of different abilities that you can play as well. But of course, you have to pay my them. Staff card, my one staff card was awesome. I got to book all yellow rooms for free. Mm-hmm. But you like, end up yes. not really getting to use it that much. So. So it's 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 one of those things where you have to really cater your strategy to what the game is giving you. Uh-huh. It seems like like you can't try to say, all right, I want to do this. Like, no, you have to kind of roll with the flow and and see what's going on, because if you try to do something and, and things just don't work out for you, then you're going to be dead in the water pretty much. So fall on your face. Yep. Grand Austria Hotel. Um, solid choice. Definitely a little on the heavier side. Recommended it to if your group plays four primarily, I would probably not 
say to get this. I can't this. imagine this with four. Yeah, just too much, way too much downtime for yeah. sure. Um, next on the list is Guildhall, another recent acquisition. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's cool. There are different uh, people in the game from <coughs> what, like bakers and maids and assassins. Yeah, stuff different like professions that, that there um, are basically. Each one has what five different colors, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. And you are trying to collect sets of these people in the different colors in order to ch- exchange them for victory points, basically. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Well, and 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 the oh, and each person has like a special action that you can do, right? So when you depending on how many of them you already have, yeah. So like if I if I play a baker, See, I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I play a baker, um, or whatever, you, you the farmer, the farmer's much. the farmer's the one that I remember. If you play a farmer, depending, like if you have like one farmer. Then I think you get like a victory point. But if you have three or more farmers, when you play the farmer down, you get two. Um, and then obviously, once you like M, M said, once you get the full contingent, you flip it over, and that's a completed chapter. And they have victory point cards that you can swap them for. It's a race to to get to a certain number of victory points. Um, this one's cool because it's basically basically card combo the game. That, yes. That's what the game is. So you're just trying to create yes. insane combinations to to make it work for yourself, essentially. Um, because the the cards do various things. Like, there's cards that you can there's kill your other people. You can kill people. You right. can steal cards from your opponent. You yeah, can... you can draw draw more cards in your hand. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, that's awesome. Yeah, very... And, and this is one I've known about for a while. It's, it's Guildhall's one that's highly Didn't regarded. Didn't get this but, in a math trade? Yeah, it was part of a math trade. Um, it's, hard, it's a hard-to-find game because it's out of print. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also got the the job fair expansion, which adds just basically six new professions to the game, and you can mix them all up and stuff like that. So yeah, Guild Guildhall's a solid little game. Um, it falls in that filler category for mm-hmm. us because we can knock it out in about a half an hour, and and it's 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 cool because if you like if especially if you are a um a, you know of someone that likes to make fun like game breaking combos that that is literally what this game is like if if that sounds appealing to you. Then you probably like Guildhall if you can find a copy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a solid game. I, I wasn't disappointed. I wasn't sure if I was gonna really be into it or not, but it was it was a pleasant uh, pleasant surprise that it was really good. Actually, I thought. Yeah. Um, we also checked out Champions of Midgard. Uh, this is a pretty by the numbers worker placement game uh, where you have different. Uh, different workers that you can place out on the board that you're trying to get different Vikings, which you can then send on quests to kill monsters and stuff like that. This game pissed me off. Yeah? Not in a good way. Like, I did not like it that first time we played it. Well, we'll elaborate a little bit more. It's just, I felt like no matter what I did, I couldn't couldn't get anything done Mm -hmm. in the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. I tried to beat the monsters. Couldn't get that. I tried to get the the resources to mm-hmm. do other things and I just I couldn't well, and, do and it. And that's and that's the thing with this. So this is it's been compared to Lords of Waterdeep, which we have not played. Um but with the because you have quests in Lords of Waterdeep I mean, you basically don't have, get me wrong. I'm gonna know. play again because I think I'll understand I think I'll be better the second time around, mm-hmm. but the first time it just Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was I was getting more and more frustrated and it was not good. Well well I'll outline there. So in Lords of Waterdeep, like you send your people that you hire on quests. And as long as you send the right people to the quest, you complete the quest. That's it. In Champions of Midgard, when you're hiring your Vikings, they're actually dice. There's different, there's three different classes of Vikings that have different dice. And you're actually attacking these monsters by rolling the dice. So 
it could be you know you could send and a whole fleet of Vikings. Before, yeah, the dice hate me. Well, they can, and the and the I don't want to say the issue, but the problem that you have is that you can't you can't mitigate the die rolls really in any way. No, like no, it's just whatever no you mani- happen to no roll. No manipulation. Mm-hmm. It's purely what you roll, and maybe I I, I was rolling really really poorly yeah. the entire game, yeah, and I just couldn't get because even even if you do six successfully attack a monster you're still probably going to suffer some casualties um i don't i didn't dislike this game but it also it it felt very like almost too simple right like because it's it is i would say like an introductory level worker placement game i I might put it like a hair above stone age in terms I'd of complexity stone age if i'm gonna do that right and and stone age has a lot of the same kind of stuff but I, i'd put it stone age has the love hut come on that's yeah more fun I'd say it's a little bit more complex than Stone Age, but if you can, like, it's still a good game to like introduce people I mean, to worker no, placement. It also had some other cards. It had the um, what were they? I don't remember what they're called. The little cards off to the side that could help you out with oh, like the things. rune cards. Yes. Yeah, yes, which yes. have like special abilities and they're worth points. And then you also at the beginning of the game and throughout the game you get destiny cards that have like end game scoring on it so there is a little bit more to build toward as you go through the game but it's i don't know with uh, with just the two of us i can't see the game getting to the table that often because it's just too like if we're gonna play a worker placement game we're gonna play like viticulture or brewcrafters or like an, or a rosenberg game of some kind like that's that that's more what we're looking for with that <clears throat> and this one is just a little too simple now let me ask you this question: Do you think that we need to? Do you think it's necessary for anyone to own both this and Stone Age, or if you think you have one or the other? One or you, the you other. You good. don't need both, right? I, I think I would be inclined to agree with that for sure. Because yeah, I mean, I didn't really think about it, but now that you said that, it is you know mm-hmm. very much in that same vein. And yeah, yeah, I think you just need one or the other. Yeah, I, I mean, like, and one thing I will give the game: it is very attractive like it's a very good looking game the art's very cool um you know the monster art stuff like that is pretty neat the vikings look pretty ba okay yeah oh that's right you you have you have like a leader viking that has a special ability that you could do and why did you give me the chick i didn't i think i dealt that to you randomly pretty sure Uh uh-huh so actually uh i I don't know man it's tough because like this one this game definitely has more going for it than like a Stone Age does. I'm not saying we have to get rid of. No, it. no, I'm not saying we are either. I'm just trying. I'm just <laughs> trying to work it out in my head. Yeah, I mean, so Champions of Midgard. Um, I don't know. Like if you're if you're if dipping you're your toe into the, pool, the Viking theme, mm-hmm. this will be right up your alley. Yeah, and the two players, um, not a whole lot of difference. There's a couple of spaces that aren't available on the board with two players, but that's totally fine. Um, just to just to tighten the thing, tighten things up a little bit with that. So yeah, Champions of Midgard, so so. Um, if you have other worker placement games, I don't. I wouldn't say run out and grab this one, honestly. Right. Um, last on the list is Hocus. Mm-hmm. It's a fun. Like, what is this with us in card games right now? Oh, we always love card games. <laughs> what do you want? That's 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 one of our. Uh, this is Texas Hold'em with magic. <laughs> that's that, that's honestly the best way to describe it. It is. It, it's like, it's what it is. So like, I don't know what else. I don't know how else to describe it. Well, like, you're we, you're competing mages, and <laughs> and you have each round you have a hand of ten cards, and unlike Texas Hold'em, where you flip the cards, you know, over and you have the community pool, the players are actually building. We create that the pool, community pool yes. right through different actions that they do. 
Um, and you also, you know, so basically in your turn, you're going to use one of your spells that you have. Each player has three basic spells that everyone uses, and then you also have three unique spells um, to your that you draft before the game. Right? Yeah, that uh, that you can use. That basically, they they all kind of do the same thing, but they do them in slightly different ways for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what you're doing. So you're either putting cards out for players to have for the community thing, or you're building one of your one of your pockets that like your two hidden cards that you'll have. And when the round is over, you're going to assign each of your pockets to one of the community lines that are out there. And whoever makes the best five card hand uh, takes there. There's also a pot of cards actually too. I'm sorry that you can build, which is the prize for each of the community lines. And whoever takes that, uh, that pot will get victory points based on cards that are in the pot. Cause each card has a, is worth a certain number of victory points in the game as well. Um, so pretty cool little twist on 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 Texas Hold'em, basically. That's really what it is at the end of the day. Yeah. A more gamery version of, of Texas Hold'em. This one's solid. Um, I, much like Texas Hold'em, it's not a great two-player game. Like, I think I'd much rather have a few more people playing this because I think it would be a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Um, but the game, it, it works. It's solid. Um Pretty pretty cool little game. Uh, Hocus, not my favorite card game, but if we had more people to play with consistently, I think it would see a little bit more time on the table. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Cool. So that's that's all that's new from us this week. Uh, we're going to come back real quick, and we're going to talk about, take a look at a Kickstarter game uh, that we're thinking about backing. So stay tuned. All right, so for for a new segment we're going to do every uh, every once in a while, we might take a look at a Kickstarter project that has our eye because Em and I use Kickstarter quite a bit. Um, we've we've gotten quite a few games from there. Uh, you know, hit or miss. We talked about it. So every uh, every maybe show or every other show, we're going to look at a project that has our eye and uh, talk about its merits as a two player game. And the one that we're uh, focusing on this week is going to be Starving Artists, which is from uh, Fairway Three Games. This is a what would you call this game? Like a it just call it like they say in the video a paid by cube game. Cube game. <laughs> So you so in this game you are literally a starving artist where you are trying to paint paintings and sell and, them and and not starve yourself not starve to death exactly so as you it it reminds me sort of of fresco because yes but fr- I think this will work better for us than fresco because fresco well I would agree fresco it it was too fiddly with the you know. The wake up track and yes, all that other yes, stuff yeah I didn't like that yeah so in this one um you have. You have different actions that you can do. Um, you can get canvases from the marketplace, which are different paintings that you're going to paint. And then you can get paints as well. And paint, not only to use it for the paintings, but it kind of acts as your your currency, they say, yes. in the game. And each painting has spots on it for paint cubes that you need and to put And there are different colors. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, then what, and then if you ever, when you complete a painting, you can sell it. And it'll get you some victory points and food. <laughs> right. Why well, isn't isn't food? Oh no, food is not victory points. Food is just something you have food to maintain. Is something you have to maintain <laughs> throughout the game. Yeah, and but it gives you victory. Like what? It, it just makes you famous. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's points to make you famous. Yep. And and we and you keep going and and you know once the game ends, whoever has painted the most paintings that are worth the most um, is going to be the winner. And if you starve, then I'm assuming you 
might get knocked out of the game. Or you might have seem like. you might lose points or something. Who knows? So this is a very uh the so the presentation, this one's pretty nifty. Um all the paintings are actual paintings that come on these big tarot size cards mm-hmm. uh that are in the game. Um the cubes are the acrylic clear, like the translucent mm-hmm. plastic cube uh, plastic cubes that they sell out there. Um mm-hmm. similar to what comes in like the new edition of Through the Ages mm-hmm. for those games. Uh, this seems like a very uh, a pretty solid game. Um, it, it's it looks in the fillery sort of range, which is uh, you know, just fine. It's a good little distraction. Um, seems pretty standard though. Uh, I guess I guess the challenge comes from managing your nutrition level with you know right. completing paints for victory points, that kind of thing. Um, you seem really on board with this one. I like it. Yeah, I'm also in. I'm I'm also going through a phase now where I'm back into coloring and everything else. Mm-hmm. So anything to do with like art is good for me right now. Yeah, very cool. And it doesn't. Speaking of art, mm. can we get the gallerist to the table soon? Please? Yes. Yeah. The ga- the gallerist. This is not not quite not quite as uh but not quite as like intense. I said. I I enjoyed the idea of fresco. Mm-hmm. So I think this will take what I wanted from Fresco and and be good with me. Yes. You know what I mean? What I what I expected to get out of Fresco mm. and then this will you know. And it be it good. does not appear that the game would change very much with uh two players. It seems like it's probably the same basic game. They might uh they might change the distribution of Maybe the different you have cubes. Fewer cubes or fewer paintings yeah, available something like that. or something. So uh so with this one, Starving Artists, it's on Kickstarter right now. At the time of this recording, um, it has 13 days left to go. It's already doubled its funding goal. Oh, so 13 the, days. We got to play that again, too. Yes, we do. Uh, we are uh, we are going. So it's going to get funded. Um, it's 29 bucks for a copy. Uh, if you live in the U.S., shipping's already included. Uh, it's 12 bucks for shipping if you live anywhere else um as far which as which is cool if you're listening to us and you live outside of the united states yeah. <laughs> so stretch goals um i mean there's some it looks like they're adding some wild cubes to the game um it's adding some different art packs that have different themes to the game and there's still a few more stretch goals uh left to go for the game so yeah this one caught my eye uh just because the appearance of the game is pretty solid and and like i said we didn't really jive with fresco but this seems to kind of sort of takes some of the some of the principles from that game and makes it into a little bit more of a streamlined I said I experience. think this will be what I wanted Fresco to be. Well, I think I think Fresco is a little bit just cuz it's a little bit more euroy than I'd say this one is. Um but yeah, this starving artist looks pretty cool. Um if that's if if that description sounds interesting to you, definitely uh give it a look see on Kickstarter and uh and see if it's worth uh, a couple of your bucks. So uh yeah, check that one out. Yeah. So uh, we're going to come right back when we return a review of Trajan. So let us let us dig into this two play review of Trajan. Uh, Trajan is a game designed by Stefan Feld, uh, one of our faves. One of our faves. Uh, published in the U.S. by Hooch and Friends, and I think Passport Game Studios as well. 
Trajan is a game that Brad thought I would never play. I never thought you would because I, I remember when we when we early on, I remember I I had heard about it because we you know we played Castles of Burgundy and we're like, oh, oh this Stefan Feld guy is great. Love Castles von Bergen. And, and I remember I was so I was looking at other Feld games and and I looked at uh, I pulled up Trajan and and I said, hey, do you think this would be something that you would like? And you're like, this looks. I have no idea what's going on. I think was your reaction. Pretty much to, to what was going on in the video. So in typical Bradley fashion, I got a good deal on a copy and got it anyway. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And uh, and so we and so we've been we've had it for a couple of years now. We've been playing it a bunch. Um, so we will we will dive into the the gameplay of Trajan. Uh, we're going to talk about how it's a little bit different for two players, and then we'll start to get into the uh, into the review portion of things. So Trajan, uh, much like all of most of Steffenfeld's other games, is sort of a point salady thing. Uh, the theme is that you are helping run the Trajan Empire, but of course it's a Feld game, so the theme is just merely kind of there. Where Trajan is most notable, probably is that is an action selection game. Um, each player has an individual player board that sort of has like a Mancala board on it. And mm-hmm. when you select an action, you have when the game starts, you have two tokens in each of these six bowls. And each bowl corresponds to one of the six different actions you can do. And on your turn, you're going to pick up all of the all of the tokens that are in one bowl and drop, drop one them off clockwise, in each bowl, right? Wherever and you land, that's the action you get. That to is do. the action you get to do. Um, and the actions all are kind of uh, their own separate thing that you sort of interweave together to, to make it work for yourself. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll go through those real quick. Um, the first action that you can do is there's a, there's a countryside of, of other empires that you can march your, your soldiers to. So when you do the legionnaire action, you can either march your, your main soldier to a province, which gets you a reward of some kind. Your general. Your general, yeah. Um, and then it, you could also do the legionnaire action to place one of your smaller workers either into the legionnaire like deployment space or to meet your general, which doing that gets you victory points. Each province is worth a varying number. Of points, mm-hmm. there's also a construction pool that has different buildings that you can build. Um, when the you first do, time you build each of these buildings, mm-hmm. you get a bonus action, right? And and so when you do the construction action, you can take one of your workers and either put him in the construction zone or take one that you have in that zone and build one of the buildings. Like Em said, the first time you build a specific type of building, you get a bonus action that you get to immediately do. And once you place your first worker, you have to place other workers adjacent. And building the buildings is worth a certain number of victory points. And if you can get three of the same type, you get a 10-point bonus at the end of the game. Yep, and four of the same type is a 20-point bonus, so it's worth chasing those as well. There's the Senate, which in a two-player game, I don't find the Senate to be as... We'll we'll get to that you know. one. That that one you you just move up on a voting track. Uh, when you move up, you get victory points. And at the end of the round, there's a vote. Um, there's two bonus tiles that are available. Whoever has the most votes gets yep, to pick. gets to pick which bonus tile they want. And theirs gets to stay face up for full points, and the other guys gets flipped over for half points. Yep, for half their value. Exactly correct. Um, you have the forum action. The forum has different uh, just different bonus tokens that are on there. They might be uh, a wild tile. Right, something to meet the people's demands. More on that later. Um, you might get a bonus action that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, all sorts of different things. You might get votes for the Senate that you could uh, possibly achieve mm-hmm. as well. Um, the fifth action space is going to be the shipping action. Uh, the shipping action allows you to basically get cards into your hand that have different goods on them. And then it also lets you ship those goods. Um, you can either ship them on boats, which... 
ask for a certain configuration of cards, and they're worth victory points that way. Or you can lay them in your tableau based on your bonus tiles. Right, because they'll get you victory points at the end of the game. And then the, the last action that's available is the Trajan action. Um, on your player board, in front of one of the spaces will be like a Trajan arch that you can uh, that you have. And when you do the Trajan action, there's a stack of bonus tiles um, that have that you place in the space that has the arch on it, and then you move the arch around your Mancala board. And the bonus tiles ask for a certain color of your tokens to be in that bowl because you have six different color tokens, two of each. And if you can fulfill that combination, so like if the if my bonus tile in my Legionnaire bowl needs me to have an orange token and a blue token, then when I land on the Legionnaire action, if I do have an orange and blue token, I get to use that bonus tile. And the bonuses vary. They might be victory points. They might be... You might get a plus two tile for your one for your bonus action actions, board. right? You could get uh, legionnaires into the camp or uh, construction workers into the camp. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, what's the really neat thing about this though is that there is a time track um, on the bottom of the board, and on each player's turn, the number of tokens from your Mancala area that you pick up and place in your hand um, is the number of spaces that you move on this time track around, and. As every time the track makes a loop, the the round pauses and you flip over a demand tile. So the game takes place over four years, and each of the years is broken up into four different segments, basically. And in each year, there's the people of Rome are going to demand um, one of one of three things: either religion, uh, food, or sport, or sport, right? And you have to have tokens that you have to spend to meet that demand at the end of the round, or you get penalized with victory points. So on each lap around the time track, one of these demands gets revealed to you. So by the end, time the round ends, you'll know exactly what you need, but you'll, you'll get that shown to you progressively over time. Um, once you cross the track for the fourth time in a round, that round ends, and you check on different scoring options that are available in in the game, like making sure you met the demand, um, checking the Senate. So like M said, whoever has the most votes in the Senate, you get to pick the bonus one of the bonus tiles that's available there. The second most votes gets a lesser bonus tile that I they get to, to use. I focus less on Senate. I focus a little more on Senate now. Yeah, because the bonus tiles can really can really swing things at the end of the game for you. Oh, big For time. sure. And, and you play through this until four rounds are done. Um, and at the end of four rounds, there's a final scoring, and whoever has the most victory points wins the game. Shocker. All right. In a so, game. I know. So, <laughs> um, so let's talk about the slight. There's not too much that's different in two player with this game. It really just boils down to making scaling the game down. It's it's very Feld in that respect. Feld tries to keep the flow of his games the same. There's never like any weird two-player variant rules in his game. Instead, he just decreases the amount of options that you have with two players. So with two, the time track, of course, is going to be smaller than another player counts. Um, there are fewer tiles available at the forum. Um, the biggest difference I'd say with two is, as Em alluded to earlier, there's only two bonus tiles. So in a four-player, three-player game or four-player game, that Senate action tends to be very important because only two of those players... Are, are going to be able to get bonus those bonus tiles. tiles, and those and those bonus tiles can be enormously huge at the end of the game. But in a two-player game, you know that you are in you're assured to get one of them. And if your opponent doesn't, if you have two different things that you're chasing, especially with the shipping cards, you know you'll probably get the one 
You want now, obviously, you want the gold side preferably because it's a more powerful bonus. But at the same time, right? But at the same time, if you if it's more beneficial for you to do actions elsewhere and kind of ignore the Senate because you know you'll get one of those two tiles, then that's usually the best the best course of action Mm -hmm. that I would say. Um, So the name of the game with Trajan is it's all about getting as many actions as you can. So we we set we talked about the fact that there are different double boat double action tiles that you can get. Um, those are hugely important. You want to get as many bonus actions as you can. And what the double actions do is they if you have like if I have a double action for the construction action, when I do the construction action, I can spend that tile and do another construction action immediately. If I have the the 2x tile, then I can do it a, a second a third time after that which is which is a huge deal because it lets you combo those actions together makes it hugely important and that's that's where the success comes in if you can find a way to get as much extra stuff as you can that's where it's going to come into play so yeah, because actions are real tight in this game mm-hmm. especially if once you start uh, moving your your little pieces around i mean I laughed because the last time we played this, Brad literally had all 12 pieces in the same <laughs> slot. How he managed this, I am not sure, but it was hilarious. Through careful planning, that's that's how. So let's get into what we like about Trajan, and, and I'll start. And, and that's the Mancala thing is, I think, a really smart way to do action selection because what that forces you to do is it prevents you from just being able to use the same action right. over and over and over again. Because eventually, if you keep trying to do the same thing, those those tokens are going to pile up in one bowl. And then you're going to have to do something different. Right, you're going to have to pick those up at some point. But then again, you can also use that to your advantage because when you do pick up a bowl that has a huge amount of tokens in it, it's going to really move a lot on that oh, time yeah. track. You can screw somebody out of, you know, some time here by mm-hmm. moving that many spaces around the track. Yeah, so the, so I, I love the Mancala mechanism. Um, I think it's really clever and it's something that you don't see in really any other game. Like, I can't think of another, like, Euro-style game that's like this that has a similar action selection mechanic in it. Yeah. For sure. What, what are some other things that you like? I just, I don't, I like the competition in this one. Even mm. with just the two of us, I still have I feel like there's a healthy amount of competition, especially for like shipping mm. and the legionnaire. I mean, I feel like we're always fighting over those two things. Yeah, and there's um I, I can definitely see that plus with the tiles that are in the forum, like if there's only if 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 the people need a lot of religion and there's only like one religion tile. It's kind of a race to get in there to grab oh, yeah. that first. Either that, or it's a race to see if you can flip over more Trajan tiles to get that permanent one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's one of the extra bonuses that you can do. Yeah, as you well can, for you sure. Have permanent, but you can only do one. But you can have permanent ones of each one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and and I I like how with with games like this there can often be like a best course of action. There's not. In this game that yeah, everything I've tried works several different methods. I've gone shipping heavy one game and and been successful. I've gone, you know, legionnaire heavy one game and been successful. I mean, there's there's many different ways to win. Right, and nothing is overpowered no. and nothing is underpowered. Like everything works. It's not broken. No, it's everything works well. Um there there's lots of different strategies to try because you have the six different action spaces. Um, it's just it's just a really, 
really interesting Euro game. Um, now we can we can kind of transition this over and start to talk about some things that I don't like. Now I, I will say with with Trajan, it's definitely one of Feld's heavier games, um, and it's very it's a very tough game to kind of wrap your head around when oh, you first God, play the it. First time it gave me a headache. Yeah, and it took us a pretty long time too. Like we can we can probably fly through that game now in a solid hour, I would say. Or less. Yeah, but the first game I remember it took us quite some time. Um just because like we were stumble bumble through in it. Well, cuz cuz manipulating I can't talk today. Jesus. Manipulating the Mancala board is really unintuitive. Like it doesn't like until you see the until gears Until you understand moving, the yeah. symbols and what each of them corresponds to, it kind of makes zero sense. Right. And and I also think the game doesn't But I do love that everything is so simple. You can easily tell what what is what. what. Well, cuz right. the symbols on the board on your player board match what's on right. the main board right, for right. sure. Um I'm I'm also with the first couple games that we played, I don't think either of us really grasped the importance of the bonus actions and that really is like the one of the biggest things of the game and you have to know that going into play oh, yeah. effectively uh, and you figure it out eventually because you know once you regulate I can do the same action three times in one turn like right, that right, seems right. really good <laughs> um, but but the first it, it's not obvious that that is something that you want to try right to do. right the first time you play you're just trying to wrap your head around it like you said and mm-hmm. it's just because it is it's a lot to take in the first yeah. time now and, and another knock that this doesn't we don't really care about this but but some folks might as I said before the theming is there but it, it's not intertwined in the game at all this is definitely a it's, just mechan- it's a mechanic puzzle the art on the board is pretty pretty nice I'd say it's it's okay it's, it's just there for cutesies yep um so so if you're one that needs a lot of theme you're probably not playing a lot of Euro games anyway <laughs> but this is definitely one that is gonna is going to be a head scratcher. You know what? Theme doesn't matter too terribly much to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, certain games, sure, it really kind of adds to it, but it's whatever. This game's just awesome. Yeah, Tree, it's. I you were. I was surprised that you were blown away by it when we first played. I, I wasn't. I wasn't sure how that was going to go because remember you hadn't shown much interest, and I'm like, no, I think I think it'll be really cool. How it's many got some times interesting mechanisms. have I told you I'm better if I just have it in front of me and I try and learn by doing? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, I mean, what, what was the other one? Millennium Blades. We we talked about this, mm-hmm. you know, a couple weeks ago. You showed me the Kickstarter. I'm just like, hell no. Yeah. I no, I don't like this whatsoever. And we've played it twice now, and I love it, and I want to play mm-hmm. it again. Yeah, it's so yeah, but like I said, the video didn't do it justice. Right. So, but yeah, but yeah, Trajan, it's it's just a really interesting puzzle, and I I love in the game how you're forced to you have to plan two or three turns ahead oh, yeah. with the with the action selection because you but have sometimes to. Sometimes that doesn't work because some people are greedy and you know use all the time slots. But and... you have to pay attention to that as well. Like you have to see if your opponent's building up like mm-hmm. a big cache of of of. Of tokens in one area that you're like, oh, he's gonna have this huge turn soon. I need to, I need to definitely do what I got to do. Fish or cut bait, right? And and but it's cool because like when you say, okay, well, if I pick up the, this bancala bowl and I dip him here and do this, then I'll be set up for this action later. And <laughs> you know what I hate though is sometimes when I've been you know utilizing my actions and then I look and I have them in certain areas on the board and I'm like, 
I can literally only do one action because no matter well, yeah, where I because, go, all of yeah, the all, all, all the tokens spot. will lead to the I'll same like, area. You know, it's just <laughs> <laughs> that can be a little frustrating sometimes. Right, but that, but that's uh, that's just kind of the cool coolness of that design. Yeah. So so obviously we like Trajan. I know we I think we've talked about it on the show before that we really enjoy Trajan. It's pro I would say it's we our did favorite. Do a Feld show. That was that was twenty episodes ago. There are probably people listening to this episode. They're like, I don't even know what's going on with that. So, um, so. Obviously, we like Trajan a lot. Where would you, where would you rank it on? Is it is it the top Feld game for us? It's definitely the top two. I don't know. I can't think right off. I mean, Burgundy would be the only one that I think would challenge but it. Burgundy is a sentimental favorite. So right. I think it would get over Burgundy. Yeah, Tra- Trajan Trajan's a great game. It's a top ten game for us, honestly. To be overall, to be quite, yeah. to be quite frank, I think it's one of the ones we definitely played the most in our collection. So who um. What type of gamers would you recommend this one to? Not beginners. Well, yeah, definitely not. Definitely not beginners. <laughs> uh, you definitely have to be seasoned in your Euro games, I believe, yeah. to kind of grasp this one. And and you have to be open to to that puzzle, right? Because again, that action selection is the the core of the game, and you have to be open. To use your brain a little bit. Mm. That's you know, if you're if you're not looking for something that's just like, hey, I just want a distraction. This is not what well, you want. It, and I th- I think if if you're the type that likes, you know, planning games where you get to plan two, three, four moves ahead, you're gonna really enjoy this. If you're someone that just likes to have to react to what's what the situation is at the given time, um, then you might not like this one as much because you really do have to kind of chain the moves together. To get the most effectiveness, um, not a ton of screwage in this game. Uh, it's the screwage is more taking something else that your opponent wants before they can get to it. You right. can't you can't directly attack anybody. Um, you know, there's no way to to mess up. You know, the well, steal stuff from your. Pe- I mean, opponents. the only the only screwage I would see is if you are able to snag all the demands tiles and cause your opponent to lose points each round. Right, but again, that's that's just beating someone to to the right. punch on something. That's, that's not directly I mean, attacking in, in anyone. In the grand scheme of things, that's just drop in the bucket. Right, right. So if if you if you primarily play two players, would you say that Trajan is something that should absolutely be in your collection, or do you think there might be other better Feld games that? Would cater better to two. Uh, I would say yes, it should be in your collection, but that de- it depends on the people. Right. It depends on the type of game that you like. If you like a heavier game, absolutely, mm. it should be in your collection. If you're a more casual gamer, then no, it shouldn't be in your collection. I would go more Castles of Burgundy, something mm. like that. I personally, I think this is a great two-player game. Um, it once you know what you're doing. You can get the game time into like in 60 to 75 minutes. Um, Feld purposely designs his games so that they scale well. So the game feels the same at two as it does at four. You don't have to do any stupid, you know, shoehorn variants in the game, like I mentioned earlier, stuff like that. So I think if you like Feld, if you like heavy Euro games, um, absolutely. Trajan's a terrific game to add to your collection, even if you're just going to play two players. Uh, we've, we've played it probably 12 or 15 times, I think, at this point. Mm-hmm. Um and it's 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 just as good now as it was when we first started checking it out for mm-hmm. sure. So yeah, Trajan's very cool. Um, any other comments about Trajan before we before we wrap it up here? Can we play it? Not tonight. <laughs> it's it's a little too late for for that tonight. 
but uh, but oh, yeah, maybe Lord, soon. It's almost pumpkin time for Emily. It is. Good so Lord. well, we're gonna wrap it up. So so we hope you enjoy that review of Trajan. Um, you know, any any thoughts about it or comments? Definitely let us know. Uh, just a reminder that you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Tabletop for Two. Check us out there. Um, subscribe to the show, please. That way, you get the newest episode sent to you. And also, quick reminder that we are a member of the Nerpocalypse. Or sorry, the TNP, TNP Studios, Studios Network, um, which uh, has a lot of great shows, including the Nerdpocalypse, Dense Pixels, Black and Black Cinema, the and Mouthful of Toast. award-winning TNP Studios. Yes, the award-winning <laughs> TNP Studios. Uh, also, while you're there, if you go to the, uh, the nerdpocalypse.com slash premium, you can check out our premium program. It's 5 bucks a month or $50 a year, and that gets you exclusive access to a couple more shows, including the airing of Grievances, our Look Forward Political Podcast, which you can preview uh, the first first half hour of every week for free uh you also get no time to bleed and the men with the golden tongue so again we would appreciate if you check that out and dig on that so that's all we got this week a little bit shorter episode but uh we didn't have as many new games to get to the table we uh, just haven't had time it's been it's really okay. crazy the last it's couple okay. of weeks we just haven't had time to game hey that's all right we'll, we'll, we'll get him in as we can but yeah yep. thanks thanks again for listening uh we will talk to you guys in a few weeks till then see ya see ya Thank you.